Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is Garo Karastechi, and he is with Fuse Marketing Group and also runs the Canna Commerce website. Uh, we're going to talk about branding in the cannabis space. We're going to talk about the Canadian market a little bit, uh, understanding what is going on in terms of how companies are uh, developing cannabis brands, kind of approaching cannabis uh, branding strategically, uh, and then what companies that are outside cannabis that are looking to kind of get into cannabis, how they can kind of approach it from a brand and strategy point of view. Should be an interesting conversation. I think branding is one of the hot topics and key topics in the space right now as the market grows, develops, as we're bringing on new segments, bringing on new people that are kind of interested in cannabis, getting involved in cannabis, how we brand products, how we brand services uh, appropriately for these different audiences is, is an interesting conversation. So with that, Errol, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So uh, I always love understanding kind of people's background, how they got into cannabis, like how did this all start for you? Why the, the Canna Commerce website? Uh, give us a little of the backstory and then we can kind of dig into some of the topics. Yeah. Um, well, I am a multi-year user of the product. 
primarily, uh, originally, recreationally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I'm certainly discovering the uh, the other side. And frankly, for me, probably the really, really exciting side of, of the cannabis uh, conversation, which is on the medical side. But um, grew up uh, with cannabis. Uh, Canada is a very cannabis, was always a very cannabis friendly um, market. Yeah. Um, so used it uh, occasionally for many years. And, um, you know, saw the opportunity as Canada started talking about being you know, one of the first G7 nations to federally legalize. Uh, you know, I, I started a marketing agency 17 years ago, Fuse Marketing. Uh, we're one of the larger independent agencies here in, the, in Toronto, the largest market in Canada. And, and about two thirds of our businesses in Canada, about a third of the United States. And so we saw a category that we was certainly um, uh, thought to be in the multi-billions of dollars uh, and it also was uh, had had some common common ground, uh, or was common. Um, sorry, had some similarities to categories we were already done work in, like beverage alcohol, like okay. pharmaceuticals, like OTC. Um, we thought, wow, this is a category we should be uh, we should be spending some time on, investing some time and effort again. And um, so, with with the you know, about a year before deregulation, we started with um, with LPs. And uh, I was lucky enough to earn some business uh, pre uh, pre legalization in October 2018, and uh, I kind of jumped in with both feet. Yeah. So that's uh, and, and it was you know an exciting space. It, it expands both recreational and health, which is that makes it really really interesting. Yeah. And um, and it changes every day. Yeah. And as, a, as an old dog who's learning <laughs> new tricks all the time, really exciting for me. Yeah. Yeah. It keeps you on your toes. So, so for the listeners that are, you know, not as kind of intimately uh, as from intimately familiar with the Canadian market, give us a sense of how kind of the Canadian market's set up, and then I guess give us a sense of really what's going on at at this point because I know you know various things have rolled out. I know the provinces have been kind of structuring things different ways, but give us a sense originally how you know the the cannabis legislation passed, and then where you are today from a market point of view. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk to you about what I think's taken what's taken place. I cannot um, share that with you without giving you some of my own personal commentary Understood. because I am quite Understood. critical <laughs> of the Canadian government and how we um, how we took what what could have been a leadership position, yeah. especially on the marketing and commerce side of uh, and branding side of, of cannabis, and we've really we've just we've just messed that up. Yeah. So uh, it was Pierre, uh, Pierre, Trudeau, Pierre Trudeau, Justin Trudeau. <laughs> that was uh, the older one. <laughs> Pierre, Pierre um, uh, uh, first floated the idea of legalizing cannabis. Um, the reasons he gave are, were twofold. One was to, to get uh, the illegal um, legacy, illegal uh, dealers out of, that, out of cannabis. And, uh, and, and related to that, to keep cannabis out of the, out of the hands of, of, of youth. Um, and he has, uh, so, uh, that, that was what was kind of stated as the, as the reasons why, uh, he, he announced it, uh, it was inside a year from announcement to legalization. Yeah, so first impressive. error we made is that was just not enough time. While I applaud the thinking, uh, you know, Canada being a more, you know, perceived to be a more progressive nation in some areas, certainly this would be one of the examples of it. Um, we, it just couldn't be done as quickly as, as, as it was, as it should have been. I mean, it was just, we were ill-prepared. Um, uh, there was, and it became a, a bit of a shit show. Yeah. So, um, so that was the first thing that took place. Um, they actually gave the file to Health Canada. That's the other area that came, became a bit of an issue because Health Canada 
not unlike the FDA mm-hmm. uh, in the United States, is not there to say yes to things. It's not there to promote business. Yeah. It's not there to think about the taxation opportunities, think about the jobs that are being created. It's there to say, primarily to say no. Yeah. Is this and safe? Is this safe for for right. citizens? Yeah. So the regulations around packaging, the regulations around where you could market the product, the delays and uh, of, uh, of granting licenses, um, it, you know, everything just you know the bureaucracy uh, was 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 a real challenge. And um, so when when we there was a lot of hoop, you know a lot of uh, uh, noise around legalization in October, I think it was October 17th, 2018. Um, there were people, you know, some stores uh, or some products were ready to go. Um, companies like Canopy made a big splash and the, the like some of the big guys. Mm-hmm. But the reality is uh, distribution was spotty. Product was not up to snuff. Um, there was a, a lack of understanding of what was, a, you know, what was truly legal, illegal. There were only certain products available, flour, um, um and oils, really yeah. the primary, primarily the two primary uh, formats. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and and um, uh, the LPs up here spent like drunken sailors in marketing up to October 17th. After that, their hands were tied. Only marketing that could be done to promote a brand. Again, these are these are you know completely new brands, completely new products in our marketplace. Mm-hmm. The only marketing that was available was in gated was to be gated, so it had to be in a, into a a, uh, a, a, a right. Yeah. And um, so there's no mass marketing. There's no marketing outside of a store. There's no driving traffic to scores. Um, it was really really haphazard. So it really was a it was the wild west. Yeah. Um, uh, spending uh, the cannabis companies went from spending a, a lot of money. Uh, on marketing and then to, to really dialing that back about a half year after legalization, realizing, whoa, um, you know, there's some real challenges and marketing is at the end of the marketing is one of the challenges. There's a lot of other challenges along the way. Yeah. So it was really a haphazard effort. Um, uh, we only launched a couple of formats. Uh, the other thing that Canada has done and, and, and where we, um, uh, we, where we fall behind the U S in some ways is cannabis is THC and CBD. Mm-hmm. So there's no distinction in this market between CBD oh, interesting. and CBD. Yeah. Um, so that, that health and wellness benefits of CBD, you can only get CBD in Canada legally from one the, the dispensaries that are open. And in the most populous nation, again, another challenge is um, there are only today 30 dispensaries in a, in a province of over 10 million people. Toronto, third largest city in North America after New York and Los Angeles, I think it has seven now, wow. maybe eight. Now they're starting to open up, and we'll see. Probably this time next year, we'll be in, in you know, over over 100 or 200. But we have no distribution and a very weak government online sales portal. So, so it really has been, um, uh, you know, we, you know, when I go to cannabis events, we kind of look at each other and see who <laughs> else is still around, and, yeah. <laughs> and you know, because it, you know, and that's another thing. A lot of people left great careers. In CPG, beverage alcohol, and pharma. Yeah. Well, you know, you probably saw the cuts uh, that these that the LPs, at least the, the public public LPs up here, yeah. have had to make. Yeah. Because the money's dried up. Yeah. And now they're having to live on their own cash flows. Yeah. And and those cash flows aren't what we expected. Yeah. Because back to back to Western Trudeau's claim of getting the uh, the illegal uh, trade out of this business that has not happened. 
There's nothing, no incentive. What's your estimate of the percent of the overall Canadian cannabis market that's legal versus uh, illicit? About 30% is legal. Oh, so still 70% of the market in Canada yeah. is, yeah. is I mean, where the opportunities are, and I'm actually going to be working on a post about this, the opportunities are actually young and old. The, the, the 19 to 24-year-old consumer who hasn't had a chance to get a dealer or my parents and or older guys like me, yeah. but, but people that had, didn't have a dealer, they're going to go into dispensaries. Yeah. My 21-year-old, 22-year-old from McGill, go to a dispensary. Everybody else who was already smoking cannabis, there was no incentive. Why would you go someplace else besides the guy that gives you a fair price, drops it off at your house, gives you good quality product that yeah. you've been getting for years yeah. and actually probably coaches your daughter's a hockey team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it has the, has the product. I mean, you know, I think a lot of it is, you know, there's, there's it, has the product. it has the same product on a consistent basis. Yeah. I mean, imagine brand building when you go in one day, there's product the next day, yeah, um, the, 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 the new LPs um, product that you, you just tried and you liked isn't there. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's a lot of that. Yeah. What, um, uh, I mean, so I guess, uh, for, you know, so, so where, where was the misstep, I guess? I mean, it, was it the timing? Was it just trying to do this, the whole thing too quickly? Was it, um, you know, structurally how it was set up? I mean, what's your kind of analysis yeah. of the, I think it's, uh, I think the timing was one There would needed to be some more thinking, but, but I, you know, and, and giving them a little bit of credit, there are not many markets they could look at to say this is the way to do it, but they probably should have looked at Colorado. They probably should have been a better look. I know they, they tried to. Um, I think there's still a conservatism in Canada around, like we want to be progressive and, and, and open this up, but we want to, let's give the file to Health Canada. And we know Health Canada will keep it, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep some, some the lid on, uh, on, 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 um, on perceived, you know, the, the, the uh, this won't get big, too big, too quickly. Okay. But unfortunately the financial markets had another, uh, there was something else going on there where the, there was the perception was this was going to explode out of the gate. Yeah. It, um, and distribution at, from a retail at the bricks and mortar stores was left to the provinces. So in one case you have a province of uh, Alberta, which now has over 300 stores, much like the kind of the same penetration as a, as a Colorado or Oregon. Mm -hmm. You got Ontario, which had until just recently 22 stores. We had 22 stores for about a year yeah. um, for, for over 10 million people. So that was a mistake, you know, and products been sitting on shelves. So it was a combination of things. It just got went from bad to worse. And um, but I think back to the, the, the initial point was, yeah, we've given it a bit more time, allowed more consultation with industry, mm -hmm. the whole supply chain. And government, um, certainly they would, this would have been better thought through. Yeah, and, and what do you think the sort of path to uh, kind of continue to develop the market is at this point? Like what what's happening or what needs to happen yeah. to really kind so, of correct things? Um, uh, this past fall, they they had cannabis 2.0, so that opened the door to other formats, mm -hmm. so edibles, vapes. Of course, vapes had their own issues. Um, yeah. You know, same thing that's going on in the U.S. was going on here. So vapes have had a tough, tough time out of the gate. Edibles, vapes, and and edibles in all those formats. So that's that's created some interest and and um, and uh, beverages, for example. Although I think beverages are 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 not are not going to reach the, um, the, the 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 will not be as 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 big a play as many people thought they would. Certainly, what Const uh, Constellation thought they might be. Yeah. 
so we've got new formats. That's that's helping. Distribution is getting better. We've got stores are opening up every week now in, in Ontario and British Columbia. Um, so we're seeing greater distribution. Um, the, this is a culling out process in the financial market. So, so uh, licensed producers that really were only there to get bought by other licensed producers, most of those are starting to fall by the wayside. You're going to see bankruptcies. Um, you're going to see LPs shut their doors mm-hmm. uh, for lack of funds because they can't go to the financial markets anymore, especially <laughs> especially last week we've had just had. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, so you know, so this is that's necessary. Let the strong survive. We had 112 LPs at deregulation. Um, many of them hadn't produced produced one 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 gram of product. Uh, but um, so that's 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 going to settle itself in, and 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 the strong will survive. Those that are got some deep pockets, but those that have also started thinking about the long term, uh, building a brand, proper brand, acting like a consumer packaged goods company uh, that happens to sell cannabis as opposed to the Wild West of being a cannabis company that doesn't play by the rules. Because you know, the reality is you got to play by the rules here. Um, and those rules still limit the potential of CBD, which is one big opportunity that, that we're still missing. Yeah. And why, um, I mean, give us a sense of why, why CBD was, was wrapped into THC just because of the way the the laws were originally set up or exactly that nobody really gave it. And again, this would have been caught up with some more consultation. Nobody really thought that through. And I guess they thought, well, we'll just let it, we'll sell CBD where we sell THC. Yeah. Um, and and again, as I said, distribution has not been uh, has been a real issue. And the reality is, I didn't. They didn't see. Wow, this stuff can really change lives. Yeah. And uh, on the health and bell health side, yeah. something that Health Canada should know a little bit about, given the title of their portfolio. <laughs> but they really missed the boat on that. And I was at a CBD symposium last Thursday for half a day in here in Toronto. And a lot of people from the industry there. Nobody from Health Canada there. And we're all still speculating when CBD might be parceled out of of their different definition of cannabis mm-hmm. and given a bit more um, opportunity from a distribution standpoint, getting it into you know health food stores, drug stores, and the like. Yeah, yeah, kind of leveraging existing existing distribution networks. Yeah. What and so talk to me about the business side. I mean, when you work with companies around the branding and kind of brand mm-hmm. strategy, what you know, I guess what's similar to, you know, when you go to brand other products and services and what's different and how have you kind of approached developing your practice and, and your services uh, for the cannabis industry around branding? Give us some insights there. Yeah. yeah. Well, what we found, well, certainly today, one of the, one of the only, not only places, but one of the uh, most cost effective places to build your brand is actually in the store. Mm-hmm. So we're doing a lot of work inside dispensaries where we can affect, start a conversation with with our with a with this prospect. If you're somebody who you know, if you're a heavy user of cannabis and what and probably were before legalization, if I can get you in the store, you know, and I can engage you in a conversation about why our product's different, uh, maybe I stand a chance of getting you to try it. And uh, because I, I know of people that have, while they do, they smoke a, a lot of flour for, for, let's say, health benefits. I mean, I know it's a bunch of veterans. I do a lot of work in, in, with military families in this country. And we're, we're actually working on a pen Canada PTSD study, working with industry, veterans affairs, the military and, and veterans themselves. So but if you're a heavy user, but you still might go in the store to grab um, a new format. So it's, that is an opportunity to generate trials. Come in the store. I'm not buying my flower, but I'm going to try that edible or I'm going to try that vape. Maybe something I can't get as easily from my dealer. That's an opportunity for us to kind of get you to to start buying from the local store. So I think branding your product and having that conversation 
one-on-one in the dispensary is a powerful place. We're converting anywhere from 15% to 25% of the people that we speak to, but you have to have a differentiated story. You know, you have to be, you know, there has to be something about the product that gets you to, to make that switch over from either what you're already buying in the legal dispensary or more than likely what you're already buying from your dealer. There are other opportunities though in, in gated places like bars and restaurants, which are the easiest ones because we know that you can't get in the bar unless you're usually 19 plus. Got it. Um, so that's another opportunity, uh, but it's also pretty fragmented and the, and the bar owners are hesitant to support cannabis. And why, why is that? It's somewhat competitive. Oh, I see. You know, I mean, they're just worried that they're going to compete share, with the, the new version of share of throat. <laughs> right? yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. What are some of the ways in which companies can, can find these differentiators? I mean, are there standard ones or is this really kind of a company by company basis or how, how do you kind of go through the process of identifying well, well, where you're we've, we've got one client who is, uh, everything they've done from day one is organic. They're organic. They're organic in how they, everything they do, they're organic in with what they do with their wastewater, what they do with their, their waste, where they have a, you know, they, they grow vegetables on sites that they put into the local food bank. So they're, they're, the, they're an organic play. That's a differentiated story from a flower standpoint. You literally, we're in store showing them the living soil that we use. That, that it's a help that if you're taking this into your lungs, maybe you should consider organic like you consider organic fruits and vegetables. That's a differentiated story. There's others with regards to um, what they're doing. Um, you know, we've got some people that are doing a lot of good work with, with military veterans. So that's a good story. Yeah. And, you know, about the target and the type of people we're working with that they were giving back to, to our community. There are some pretty unique formats, you know, some some gummies and some and some uh, some chocolates. So there are some unique formats that have just emerged. Mm-hmm. But the flower story is, is a hard one, right? It's differentiated, short of price. And nobody oh, wants yeah. to trade on price. Yeah. But again, the price is a, is a challenge. On, on, on the whole, legal cannabis is about double the price of Jeez. illegal that's that's hard. <laughs> you got that's you got to have a pretty strong story to be able to yeah. support yeah. it. And quality has been a challenge. I bought yes, something the other day yeah. from my local store. Great, just open in my neighborhood. Perfect. In there for the first time. Yeah. Great chat. I buy something. I make the mistake. I don't check the date. I leave the store. A couple of days later, I look at it before I open the product. It was dated March 2019, and I just bought it last week wow. and from a new store. So and why you know, is that? I mean, think because they've got inventory that's sitting around that well, they're trying to move. Their explanation or? was it's obviously not what they ordered from the Ontario cannabis store, but the cannabis Ontario cannabis store is the wholesale distribution part of the supply chain. They're sending they you get what they want you to get. So there's a real because there's dated products sitting there. So it's a you know that back to the challenge of that we had a glut of of, of product. Oh, I see. It was that and now things are still trying to make their way through and they got stuck with and they looked at it. They had six more ski, uh, items in yep. the same same product. Yep. All of them were March 2019. But to their credit, they allowed me to change, exchange it for something else, was, which was only a couple months old. So how does it work um, for them? Are they, can they send it back to the distributor or are they kind of stuck with it just because of the way the the infrastructure is set up? Great question. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. My guess is. They're ha- they're going to have to allow take backs yeah. and give backs. Uh, it just you know it's hard enough to be a, a cannabis dispensary these days. They're going to have a lot of that stuff. Well, there's another thing we issue with vapes right now. A lot of vape uh, vapes are uh, not working. You know, well, they're yeah. not issues, but they're leaking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whether it's, I mean, you're dealing with organic product, right? So there, you're going to have a, a shelf life. And then, yeah, if you're getting technical issues with the actual delivery Everyone's mechanisms. Forget, that's a great point. Everyone's forgetting this is an organic living product. This yeah. is a plant yeah. that doesn't do everything you want it to do. 
Yeah. And, you know, I think people underestimated the challenge of bringing a great product to market. Yeah, no, and I, it's interesting. We've had a couple of people on the show that are, you know, looking at h- how you actually go from, you know, sort of point of harvest, you know, moment of harvest to actually consumption. Like, how, like what do you need to do to maintain product quality, terpene yeah. profiles, like all these things? And, and, it, and it turns out that, you know, the degradation happens pretty quickly. Like within hours yeah. of harvesting, you start to lose, you know, you, you, it smells, right? Like if you're yeah. smelling the product, it means it's off gassing you know, the yeah. terpenes and everything you have, right? So, so there's this kind of like, how do we actually create, um, you know, technology and a supply chain and a distribution process and a retail, you know, setup that actually maintains the quality of the product, which, uh, you know, it is, it's a it's organic yeah. product. And, you know, if you're really looking for that high end, particularly for, for someone who's really looking for a particular yeah. experience, you know, flavor profile, things like that, like this, this becomes really important. Um, and having yeah. to do it with, the, and, and having to track seed to sale and report on it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right? All the regulatory pieces that are in place. And I, I will, I won't argue. I think there should be regulatory yeah. things in place, but the, again, the illegal dealer doesn't have any of that. Talk to me about the market itself. I mean, we're kind of, um, you know, you're mentioning the younger crowd and the older crowd. How are you kind of looking at the cannabis market and the segments and, you know, kind of use intentions and things like that to the extent that you're more kind of medical or recreational or, you know, uh, self-therapeutic, things like that. How, how do you kind of organize or uh, structure the the cannabis market in Canada in terms of segments and, and profiles? Well, the good news is it's, it's grown, right? We, we still are having, um, we're seeing growth. I was at this conference the other day, I saw some numbers. We saw about a billion, I think it was a billion two in sales in, uh, in 2019. And at, through legal, this is legal sales through dispensaries or through legal online. Uh, it's going to be about 3.2 billion in 2020. So that's that's a good sign. So despite all the issues we had, there is there is growth there and it's growing because of the channel distribution is the is the dispensary and they're going for the high volume user. The branding opportunity, the targeting is recreational. People, you know, the recreational community is really where. If you go into a dispensary, that's who you're seeing. It's a recreational user who may also consider using it from a health standpoint, but it's more secondary. Yeah. We do have an emerging medical. I mean, all the province, the medical cannabis has been legal here for, oh, I think about 15, almost 20 years. Yeah. We, you know, we had we had about 300,000, over 300,000, but somewhere between three and 400,000 medical uh, users when legalization came through, okay. you're starting to see that number plateau because, you know, for obvious reasons, people are now saying, well, I don't need to go get a medical license. I can yeah, just exactly. okay. get it. But, but we do have some, it's been slow, the adoption at the healthcare practitioner uh, level, which is really who you need to get on board to, to really grow the, uh, you know, this is a medical product yeah. is, is been slow. You know, it's, it's, you know, they're waiting for data. So on the medical side, which I think ultimately will be the would be the bigger market for, for cannabis when you include CBD and, and all the other some of the other um, cannabinoids that are that are being researched. Yep. When research finally sinks its teeth into this and there's real money against it in a few years' time, I, I think you're going to see that the, the medical side will grow significantly. And I think that's what the opportunity is. I think cannabis 3.0 in Canada for me is going to be loosening the rules on CBD. And allowing, because it's still significantly misunderstood. I'm teaching somebody every single day about trying CBD and and what the benefits might be. And I'm just keeping to the ones that people all kind of are acknowledging through their own experience or anecdotal evidence, you know, anxiety, sleep, and inflammation. Yeah. 
Do you see um do you see kind of an, a a difference in the market for I guess uh, non sort of tradition uh, how do I say non traditional pot culture you know weed culture kind of use I mean there's there's this big kind of you know influx of uh, beverages and uh, things like that which are more appealing to folks who might be interested in cannabis but really are have no interest in kind of smoking or you know kind of the weed culture well, aspect of it yeah. what's your a, I, I have a specific point of view on some of that and it has to do with ritual unless okay. you can make it a ritual something that i start to want that's how i that's how i relax or how i do things uh, i think their adoption will be difficult so for example beverages you know go out for a few beers go out and have a glass of wine have a glass of wine with dinner I've not seen a cannabis beverage that replaces that experience. You know, I, in Canada, they can't be match a THC product with a beer or alcohol. So it's more in the it's in the juices and then the sodas. Okay. But I've not seen a product that it replaces the the huge category called beverage alcohol. Yeah. It, I, I've not seen a there's I don't think there's a ritual around. You know, right now a cannabis beverage is a way to for me to ingest cannabis. Well, there's many other ways. Some of them are easier and more interesting and frankly, taste better or or are, um, or get to one my goal, which is to to have a have a cannabis buzz. Mm-hmm. I don't see a beverage that's going to replace beer or wine. Yeah. So I think food is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. I think low dose two and a half milligram CBD, uh, sorry, THC. In food, I see opportunities in um, in women's care, low dose chocolate. Mm-hmm. So I see opportunities, yeah, but they're you know they're really around something that it it's it, it does something that nothing else does, or doesn't something that do, it does something that something doesn't do as well, and becomes a ritual, becomes something I do on a daily basis, or I do when I get together with friends, and then those will be the, like tea. There's a role for THC infused tea bags, hot tea. Oh yeah. The ritual to having a cup of tea before you go to bed to calm you, to give you, to, you know, so with the chamomiles and the lavenders to sure. give you a sense of calm, throw a little THC in there. I'm hearing good numbers about on tea yeah. as far as a product. And I've seen numbers out of some of the U S states where tea's done. Okay. Yeah. Whereas, you know, a, a can of, I see you, I'm sure you've seen it yourself. I've seen beverages in the U S of a thousand milligrams of THC. What's the role for that? <laughs> really? Yeah, no, it's uh, excessive. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's why I think around what you said that this new cannabis culture, there's a lot of interest. There's a lot of people who are going in once buying, um, you know, kind of a, a one-off product to try it. But to get the sales revenue that, that everyone was originally talking about, you need to make that product part of your, your, your ritual, whether it be a ritual for healthcare, ritual for relaxation or recreational use. And and um, there are opportunities there, but I don't think there's 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 widespread as people thought. And beverages is an example of that. I think yeah. beverages is, is is significantly over overvalued. Yeah. I, that's now that's I don't have a lot of data to say that. I've seen some data that says it's not as big in some of the states, U.S. states. The products I've tried haven't been great. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I mean, just kind of the the diversity of this market, you know, the, the new people kind of coming into the space of different ages and different backgrounds, different values makes it an interesting segment. Yeah. Garo, this has been a pleasure. If people want to get more information about you, about the website, about the services mm-hmm. you provide on the branding side, what's the best way to get that information? Well, there's two, two places. Um, I run a, a, again, a pretty significant independent, proudly independent agency here in Toronto, where you've got a, a, a healthcare practice in addition to a, our fully integrated agency. 
Fuse Marketing Group or FuseMG.com is the is the agency. We do work in Canada and the United States. And uh, I have a blog called uh, it's Canna-Commerce.com. Canacommerce.com. And um, that's where I, you know, about every week I'm posting something else, trying to do it more frequently. And that's where you can see kind of what I'm thinking about and, and you know, where I'm speaking or, or just kind of my musings about this marketplace, not just Canada, but also uh, broadly, more broadly than that. Yeah. Uh, I'll make sure that those links are in the show notes so so people can click through and get that. Um, this has been a pleasure. Thank you for taking some time. Fascinating to kind of get some more insights on the Canadian market and talk a little bit about the branding stuff. I really appreciate it. So it's a great conversation. Yeah. Thanks for your time. I really enjoyed it. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets and access other great content. Visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.